This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors, hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. This episode is kindly sponsored by the book Sea Miracles by Kevin Elliott and is now available from missionmacedonia.com, your local Christian bookshop, or any online Christian bookstore. Get your copy today. Hello and welcome to the Christian Book Blurb podcast, where we like to encourage you in your discipleship one book at a time, as we meet some amazing Christian authors and learn about their books, their lives and their faith. Well, I am your host, Matt McClary. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the podcast. It's really great to have you here with me. Now, on today's show, I'm going to be talking about truth-telling and cancel culture with the author, Catherine Blesson. Now, Catherine has just written and released a book called Tea for Tolerance. It's a novel, and it's a young adult's dystopian fiction. Uh, But it does raise some really important points and questions. Um, I know it's um, aimed at young adults, but I've read it, and I really enjoyed it. So, you know, go on. Give it a try. I'm sure you'll enjoy it too. Now, just to set the scene, I'm going to be reading um, a little bit about what the book's all about, just so that you know where we're coming from when we're talking about um, these topics today. So on the back it says, It's Britain 2041. Freedom of speech is no longer a legal right, and the concept of tolerance has been twisted. When teenager Satya boldly shares her beliefs, she is betrayed by her twin sister and has her own rights stripped away. Surrounded by danger, Satya must battle her own doubts as well as the determination of the thought police to break her. Will she hold on to truth against all odds and find freedom? Well, you have to read the book to find out. Let's welcome to the show Catherine Blesson. Hi, Catherine. Hey, good morning. It's nice to be here. I believe you are joining us online from an Airbnb. Are you anywhere exciting at the moment or up to anything interesting? Um, Actually, well, it depends on what you mean by exciting. I'm having a little bit of time away. <laughs> um, retreat time. I think it's really important to get, get away every now and then. I live in Sheffield, but I am having an Airbnb uh, time away um, in between somewhere near Halifax. So it's only it's not that far away from us. I think that's important. Yeah, definitely. So your book, Tea for Tolerance, covers or deals with some really deep themes in a way. One of them is uh, truth-telling. And so the first first question to ask is why is it important for us to know the truth? Not a big question at all. So I think it's because the truth is not simply a set of abstract ideas, but it's the person of Jesus himself. So in that sense, truth is the way to life itself. It also might sound obvious, but truth with a small t is, of course, the opposite of lies. And Satan, who's the enemy of God, is known as the father of lies. Um, Also, I think that knowing the truth is fundamental to the whole Sort of system of justice um, and truth mm. and justice are of course pillars of God's character 
So if we think about life as an epic story, then knowing the truth means that we're on the side of God and all that is good. Based on this, then, in our culture today, truth is so fluid it's it's a fluid yeah. it's a, it's a fluid notion you have your truth i have my truth we can disagree but hey everything's the truth your personal truth yeah um and people don't like it when we start talking about an absolute truth <laughs> is there such a thing as absolute truth yeah i think god God himself is absolute truth, so he doesn't change or shift depending on our cultures or beliefs. Um, and of course, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. This is very non-compromising. -com non but at the same time, truth needs to be presented in a way that is loving and gentle, because of course love and gentleness are fruit of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yes, very true. And culture, as I've already mentioned, is quite unwilling to recognize absolute truth. Why do you think, how do you think that's come about? I mean, partly it's because of what you've already mentioned, uh, which is both basically postmodernist thinking, which says that truth is relative. So what's true for you isn't necessarily true for me. Um, and I think it's also partly because of people's hearts. Um, because recognising the truth of Jesus being the only way actually means acknowledging my own sinfulness. And most people don't actually want to see themselves as innately sinful. They'd rather refer to themselves as traumatised or damaged, um, which I think is something that's done to us rather than something that we are by nature. Um, also, today's culture believes that absolute truth is is something harmful because it doesn't allow for expression of your individuality. And of course, I'd say that self-expression has become something of an idol in Western culture. Um, but of course, there is truth. There is truth in the idea of individuality and self-expression because God does create every one of us in a unique way you also deal with cancel culture in your in your book just for some of us listening we may not have come across this phrase before what do we mean by cancel culture so it's a sort of westernized version of shaming um, that happens when somebody especially a celebrity has done something or said something that is considered wrong by the majority culture. Um, so it's become a common practice on social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And one particularly high profile example of this is when JK Rowling expressed some very considered views about gender and trans people on social media and got accused of being transphobic. And the, the cancelling that happened to her was, in essence, sharp backlash from her critics, including many of her Harry Potter cast members. And there were also threats of boycotting her latest TV show. Mm. So it can be quite it can be quite harsh. But obviously, when somebody's in the public eye and is already very popular, it might not have the same effect to them as it does to somebody who is who is less kind of well known. Mm. And I, it also happened to um, Franklin Graham, I believe, as well. 
um, a year or so ago. Mm -hmm. He was planning a, a sort of a stadium evangelism tour. Um, and because of some of his, his biblical views on sexuality, um, some of the stadiums then cancelled his booking and said, we, you, you, you can't come here. And there was a whole legal challenge and everything else here in the UK. Yeah, it's not just on social media. You, know, you can get cancelled in real life as well. And it's most and it's to do usually yeah, to true. do with your thoughts, really, why you get cancelled. It's it's your belief doesn't match my belief. Therefore, I'm unwilling to engage in a conversation with you about it. I'm just going to ignore you. I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to block you out. Or in some cases, I'm going to try and silence what you are saying because uh -huh. I disagree. With all of this going on in the background, why is freedom of speech so important? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so I think that it's the only way that societies can operate without living under fear. Um, and I think it's it's really interesting, though, because Amnesty International, who are, of course, one of the most influential human rights organisations, they say that freedom of speech comes with responsibilities and we believe it can be legitimately restricted. So in other words, this is this is because of the sharing of viewpoints that might be considered considered offensive. Um, the problem is that the nature of what might be considered offensive is subjective. Mm. And of course, what is one person's truth and beauty could be another's offense. And I think this is a really chilling reminder of the truth of the Apostle Paul's words that the gospel is an offence to those who are perishing. Mm. And in your story then, um, Tea for Tolerance, how is this cancel culture expressed? How do you deal with some of these issues of cancel culture in the book? Yeah, so, I mean, in my novel, cancelling is a means of effectively silencing and taking away the rights of those who speak out against the prevailing thought. Um, so we see this with, with my character Satya, who is, you know, she's very vocal on social social media about what she believes and ends up kind of losing her, her right to go to university, essentially, and then being able to um, being able to trade as well. So she lots of and then one thing after another happens. I mean I won't give away too much. But because she's spoken out and expressed a viewpoint that is considered that doesn't fit with the the prevailing thought she is she is silenced um so that's how it's dealt with in the book and i think very much it's it's kind of coming from a place of fear um in other words if you if you're not particularly accepting my viewpoint you're not accepting me as an individual therefore i feel threatened and i think that can happen on a sort of individual level as well as a more corporate level where a society um, feels threatened themselves by somebody else's viewpoint that doesn't quite fit in with, with their way of trying to control or manage things. So bringing this back to kind of uh, real life um, uh, uh, outside of the novel, how should we respond or react to somebody's viewpoints that's different from ours. If someone believes something different to us, yeah. uh, what should we do? What do we do with that? 
I think it's, yeah, it's a really difficult question, but at the same time, it's one that we really need to engage with. So I think we need to um, love our enemies. I mean, that Jesus makes that very, very clear. So for those who disagree with our particular viewpoint, we're supposed to act in love and generosity towards them. It doesn't mean that we need to agree with everything that they say, um, but gently kind of expressing our viewpoints. Um, also, I think listening to other people's viewpoints and understanding where that particular viewpoint is coming from is really important as well, because it it shows that, first of all, we're accepting that person and respecting them, even if we're not agreeing with with what they with what they say personally mm, great answer and i think also as part of the discussion there also needs to be an element of yes in part of listening and actually having a discussion that can be useful mm -hmm. it's it's having a heart that is open to the possibility of me being wrong um, i might be wrong i might be able to learn something from you and if the other person has that same heart, then we can learn from each other. And, you know, you don't have to agree, but there might be something in the discussion that makes you think again, uh, which, which is a good thing rather than digging in your heels and this is what I believe and no one can tell me otherwise, um, which, which can lead to less desirable outcomes, I think. Exactly, yeah. Back to your novel, Tea for Tolerance. Um, you paint a chilling picture of what life could be like in a decade or two's time, especially for those of us who are Christians and anyone who stands up against the culture of fear, manipulation and control. Now, I know it's a novel. I know it's fiction. But do you think things could get as bad as this? I'd like to hope that things won't get as bad as I've imagined in the novel. Um, but I suspect that they will in some ways because there are already examples of this kind of control taking place in the West. For example, I personally know one man who lost his job at a Christian college for speaking up for tradi about traditional views of sexuality on social media. Um, and so this was from a, a Christian college. Um, so I think I think the kind of I think it, it. I think it's happening on on all sorts of levels, but maybe not to the extent that it's happening within my within my book in terms of kind of mind control and and so on. But mm. things like that do happen in other parts of the world. I must admit, reading reading your novel, um, I enjoyed reading it. It was a, it was a page turner, but I had this sense of unease whilst reading it, simply because. Yep. Yes, you've pushed it to sort of a limit beyond where it is at the minute, but it was so close to things that, as you say, are already happening. It was just like three or four steps down the road. If things continue down this path, yeah. what you're suggesting here is it could, you know, it could happen, and that's a scary place to be. And so... I read it with sort of the sense of, of unease because it kept touching back and it kept, you know, pressing buttons. I was thinking, oh, you know, actually, that's not far off. That That's pretty close by. Yeah. Um, so 
a wake-up call, really, that if we carry on down this path, if we carry on accepting things as they are or, or whatever it is, not standing up for certain things that we believe in in certain spheres of society, um, we could end up in this in this um, much darker place. Do you think Christian persecution is rising in the West? Yeah, I do believe so. Um, especially with so many sort of more traditional Christian views being seen as harmful by secular society. Um, I think Christians could become more and more pariah unless they, in essence, water down their viewpoints and become like everybody Which, else. Which, of course, some sections um, of the church are doing. Exactly, yeah. Um, and I think it may be more challenging, but it also might lead to more boldness in sharing the gospel because persecution can often lead to that. And it can be seen in places like Iran where there is heavy persecution of the church, um, but the, gro- the gospel is spreading like wildfire. So, you know, it, it could be challenging, but at the same time, it will sort of allow, it will allow the kind of the, the strength to rise to the top. Mm, mm. And I don't know, well, I would find this question very difficult to answer myself. So I, I'm still going to ask it because we might come up with, with a few good ideas. Um, yeah. Because it is a difficult question. What can Christians do to push back against these strong undercurrents in society today that that push for us to act or accept things that we may not necessarily believe in? What What can we do? Matt, it, Matt, it's not a difficult question to answer at all. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is. I think it's. I think it's important to speak out with truth and grace, um, but we need to choose our moments wisely. I also think that as writers and culture shapers, in essence, we have a really unique opportunity to share truth through stories because stories touch people on that emotional heart level um and also that's the same way that jesus used parables to share the truth about the kingdom of god so i think through culture and helping to shape culture i think actually as writers and as other kind of culture creators we have a really important role to play Mm -hmm. yeah thank you I've been speaking with Catherine Blesson about um, her novelty for Torrance, as well as some of the big questions and big problems in society that it raises. We'll be back after these messages where we'll be chatting a little bit more with Catherine Blesson about her life and her faith. See you on the other side of these. With his debut release, See Miracles, author mission worker and charity chair Kevin Elliott delivers powerful first-hand testimonies of the miraculous and gives practical advice on experiencing this for yourself. The blind see, the deaf hear, and the one praying steps back amazed once again. It is an engaging and inspirational page-turner as you travel with him from England to Macedonia and Africa. The book does not shy away from tough questions such as unanswered prayer, but it also opens up the endless possibilities for the believer who is available to God. It is packed full of everyday people whose lives have been changed by the supernatural strength of God 
working in and through their weaknesses. Could this be the life God has planned for you? Hearing His voice, acting on it, and seeing other lives transformed. Get your copy of Sea Miracles by Kevin Elliott from missionmacedonia.com, your local Christian bookstore, or any good retailer online. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash mattmcclary to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. Hello, welcome back to the Christian Book Blurb podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm chatting with the author Catherine Blessin about her new novel, Tea for Tolerance. Um, it's a dystopian you, young adult novel. Um, it's a very good. I've read it myself. Um, it raises lots of questions. We have, just before the break, been speaking quite a lot about it and some of the questions it's raised. No spoilers, though. So you do have to go and get the book for yourself. So do search for Tea for Tolerance by Catherine Blesson and grab yourself a copy. You will not regret it. Now, Catherine, one of the things we like to do is to get to know our authors a little bit better. So at the start of the show, you said you were having a bit of time out, having a retreat. Um, You're at an Airbnb, which is fantastic. I highly approve. Um, What do you do for fun? Um, I love um, walking. I love reading. I love kind of hanging out with my friends, um, watching watching TV dramas, going to the movies, having drinks with my, um, catching out with my friends for a coffee, and yeah, those kind of things really. And also traveling. Mm. Yeah, we know you are a writer, and a very good one as well. Thank you. Um, but. Yeah, but what else do you do to occupy your time? Is it just writing 24-7 or have you got other things going on as well? Yeah, I have quite a lot of things going on. Um, well, I'm my husband is a an elder of our church and I'm involved in the sort of leadership team. Um, I also run a social enterprise called Kaleido Arts for Wellbeing. Um, and it's a social enterprise with a with a social justice kind of edge to it, um, because we're we're using creative arts to bring well being to people who are suffering because of war, discrimination, abuse, and loss. Um, yeah, so got a quite a busy active life. I'm also a qualified English teacher, um, but I'm I'm trying to kind of step back from tutoring at the minute to be able to focus more on the writing and. Mm and the social enterprise. Yeah, tell us more about the social enterprise. Um, who who do you um, reach out to? Who does that impact? I know you sort of said people sort of at war and stuff. Yeah. You know, people, is it based in the UK and people who were here or is it sort of overseas? Mm-hmm. Do you send aid to, you know, faraway places? How does it work? Um, so we've only been operating for about two years. So we're still quite new. Most of what we've done has been in Sheffield. Um, and we run sort of sets of creative workshops that run for 10 weeks at a time. Um, and each of the each of the kind of programs, whether it's drama for well-being, writing for well-being, 
drumming for well-being or crafting for well-being takes people take people on a a healing journey through some through themes like being belonging beauty blessings memories mourning relating redeeming and hopes and dreams um and we the people are mostly refer- many of the people are referred to us from other organizations so it could be people who are um refugees and asylum seekers it might be people who've gone through domestic abuse um or have been trafficked or it might just be people who are who are generally struggling with their mental health or just wanting to to manage their their well-being that sounds really good. Um, just tell us the name of the organization again in case people want to pop it in a search engine online to find out more about it. Yeah, sure. It's Kaleido Arts for Wellbeing. Kaleido being short for Kaleidoscope. Yeah, that's great. Oh, thank you. That was really interesting. I didn't know that. I found that fascinating. Yeah. What is the Holy Spirit doing or saying to you at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I think... The Holy Spirit is has been at work in my life for years, really. And I think, interestingly, I got given a picture about 20 years ago about all the threads in my life being kind of pulled together into one, into one whole, all the different coloured threads of my life. Um, and I feel like that's happening at, at this point in time. So there are different threads such as my creativity, my writing, my passion for social justice, and my teaching kind of skills and and also my heart for the nations and I think all of those things are being drawn together both in social enterprise and in my writing um because I think even in in my writing I I do sort of draw on issues to do with social justice and um sort of the nations and how and how the nations kind of interact with one another um, so it kind of comes, it, it's coming across in lots of different ways, including um, kind of cross-cultural uh, outreach and working mm. with Muslims and, and things like that. Mm. That's really interesting. And this is just a question that's just popped in my head now. Some of some of our listeners might be thinking, well, how do you hear from the Holy Spirit? And I know it, it, it happens differently yeah. with different people. But but for you, what's what's the primary way that the Holy Spirit communicates with you? Is it like through a picture that you might see in your mind's eye? Or is it like through things in the Bible or something you're reading that sort of jump out on the page? Or, or how, how does he communicate with you specifically? I mean, I think it's different things at different times. Sometimes it might be an ongoing process of kind of things coming together. Um, sometimes it might be a picture that I get in my mind or words that God speaks to me. Sometimes it, it might be um, just something that I've heard that stirs a kind of passion in my heart. Um, other times it might be direct words from the Bible that God uses Mm. When you say um, words that God speaks to you, yeah. do you actually hear a voice? No, I don't think it's an actual voice, but it's more an impression of words in my head. Yeah, mm. that's how God okay. has spoken to mm. me before anyway. Mm. No, that's really fascinating because I know it's different It's different for, for different people and it can be quite helpful for some to, to hear how others um, hear, from, hear from God. So that, that's great. Thank you for that. 
Um, we're coming to the end of our, our interview together. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been great. Have you got anything coming up? Can we get a sneaky peek behind the scenes into something you're working on? Possibly. Or maybe not. I mean, some guests have said, no, you can't know anything about this. But, yeah. you know, if you have something you are able to share. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm working on two projects at the minute. So one of them is a sequel to Tea for Tolerance. Um, and then the other one is a, it's actually a screenplay um, and it's an adaptation of Carol Purves, um biography of a, a missionary to China called Gladys Aylwood. So I'm working on two very different okay. projects at the minute, um, but neither, yes. are, neither are available right now. So you wouldn't be able to find it. Well, you wouldn't be able to find oh, yeah, yeah. maybe one day in the future and especially that T for Tolerance sequel sounds great so yeah. if you get T for Tolerance um, you know that there's something in the pipeline um, sort of following that up um, coming out you know later on so the story doesn't end there da, da, da. Uh, which is great yeah exactly <laughs> Where could people find you, Catherine, um, on social media or websites? You know, where can they find you or grab your books? How how could people do that? Yep. So I'm on Twitter and uh, Facebook and I'm also on uh, LinkedIn. So you can find me on Twitter at at Kathblessan. Um, and I'm also at Kathblessan on TikTok. And then I have a website, which is www.catherineblessan.com. Do you want me to spell that out? Would that be helpful? No, it's okay. Okay. What I'll do, what I'll do for the benefit of our listeners yeah. is I will put a link to your website uh-huh. in the episode's show notes. And then people just can go to those show notes wherever they're listening to this um, episode from and then click on that and then it'll take them to your site so so we'll do that for them sounds like a good plan yeah wonderful well thank you so much Catherine for joining us today thank you for giving up some of your retreat time to join us on the podcast and a very special thank you to the sponsor of today's show the book Sea Miracles by Kevin Elliott don't forget to check that out as well over on the website missionmacedonia.com And thank you as well for listening to the Christian Book Blurb. We do hope that you'll join us again really soon. Don't forget, episodes come out twice a month on the 1st and on the 15th. So do join us again really soon where I will be chatting with another Christian author about their books, their life and their faith. Thank you for listening. See you soon. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share, and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.